Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. It's good to be up here this morning as we continue our series, Does the Bible Really Say? And it could be like a say dot 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 question mark because you could fill that in with a lot of different things. Last week, Pastor Matt, uh, in his sermon, did the, does the Bible really say God helps them who help themselves? To which he answered, if that was, if, if that was true, that means that we would be able to earn our salvation and we would essentially help God help us earn our salvation. And we know that is not true because we know, as he taught us last week, faith in Jesus is a gift from God. Amen? Our sermon title this morning is this, Does the Bible Really Say God Won't Give Us More Than We Can Handle? We often hear that when we're going through tough times. Someone will, will say, hey, well, don't worry about that. God won't give you more than you can handle. But before we get into that, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good things. Lord, we just want to hear the truth of your word this morning. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I found this uh, little meme. It was, it, it's easy if you just type that up, you know, uh, like a, a bunch of these come up. And it says uh, from this group, Everyday Theology, God won't give you more than you can handle. There's this idea that seems popular in today's culture, uh, especially among some Christians, that God must think that you're so strong, he's given you something extremely difficult or terrible to deal with in your life. Hence the term, God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, it seems encouraging, though, the idea that, you know what, you can get through this because God knows that you're, you're strong in him and he knows you could get through it or else he wouldn't be allowing this, uh, you to go through this. That's, that's a, a nice sounding idea, but is it actually biblical or, or is it found in God's word anywhere? Well, I'll ruin it for you right off the bat. Nope, not even close. What we actually find in Scripture is something, an idea that's much, much different. Scripture looks way different than this self-help form of idea. You know, let me just say that, you know, self-help and motivational things are not essentially bad. I mean, there are some good things that can help motivate us at, at, at times to, you know, kind of work through and power through some things. I'm not dissing anybody that's into, you know, self-help or motivational stuff. But when something is particularly attached to the Bible and it's saying that this is a biblical word, that's when we have to take a second and really think about it. Because the second we hear something that has us relying on our own strength instead of God's strength, it's probably from man and not from God. Does that make sense? As you can see, more than you can handle. The Bible sounds a little bit different. Now, this verse isn't going to be up on the screen. I just wanted to read this to you so you can kind of get an idea between the, the, the uh, 
between the dynamic of two of them, how differently they are. God won't give you more than you can handle. Keep thinking of that idea. I'm going to read for you really quickly 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And if you want to write that down, you can to go back and look at it later. But Paul was asking God to remove something terrible from his life. He was infirmities or whatever it was at the time. And this is God's answer to him. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Paul says, all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ can rest upon me. That's way different than, hey, listen, God won't give you more than you can handle it because you're, he knows you're strong. You see, God reminded Paul that his grace and his power were sufficient for all things and that he only received them when he was weak in his flesh. So one idea has you relying on you, and the other idea has you relying on God. So instead of God won't give you more than you can handle this morning, we're going to combat that with our main idea. And our main idea this morning is this. When life gives us more than we can handle, God can handle it. If you think about that, that is way different than what we saw before because the God won't give you more than you can handle has two major flaws that we're going to cover this morning. First of all, hard times and persecution, they do not come from God. They come from the effects of this sin-cursed world that we live in. Secondly, we don't just handle it, but we get through these horrible things that sometimes we have to deal with in our lives by what God can do through us, not what we can do. Now, some might say, Really, Pastor Jared, you wrote a whole sermon about this? Isn't this kind of splitting hairs at this point? I don't think it, that it is, and I'm going to show you why. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and 14. This is generally where the idea came from. If someone says, God won't give you more than you can handle, they generally, uh, most of the time, will point to this verse. So let's see what this says, and if it actually does say, God won't give you more than you can handle. It says, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So the first issue here, right off the bat, if, if you're really looking at that, is this verse in 13 doesn't talk about hard times. It talks about temptation to sin. Those are two different things. It says there in verse 13, God will not let you be tempted more than you can handle. We must always, when we're looking into God's word, take that verse in context and in light of other scripture to interpret it. It's not up to us to take a verse and, you know, switch it around so that it can say something that we want it to say. We are to rightly divide the word. It's extremely important. Amen. A little side note about the context of these verses. Uh, most of chapter 10 is talking about mostly how people that church were relying on themselves and the world and they were being led astray into sin and idolatry. Which is funny. And what's idolatry? Idolatry. If, if I could say it, then you'll know what I'm saying. What is idolatry? Idolatry is this. 
I knew I was going to do that again. <laughs> Idolatry is this, worshiping anything other than God. And in this context, we would be worshiping ourselves, right? Because if, if we are relying on ourselves to do something in our lives that God is doing the work, then we're not relying on God, we're relying on ourselves. So there's, going back to what we were saying, there's a difference between temptation and sin, and we need to make sure that we have these verses in context. Well, some might say, okay, well, let's make the argument. Being tempted to sin could be kind of equated with going through tough times. I mean, because really, if you fall into temptation and you sin, it's going to cause you some heartache. Well, that wouldn't even matter. Why? Because the second issue we talked about, God does not bring us trouble or tempt us to sin. That is not the work of God. We have three enemies in this life. When it comes to sin, that Satan, he's, he's the big, he's the, the, the accuser, and uh, he's the tempter. We have the world, which is filled with sin, that get, catches our eye sometimes. But then the third one is us. And let's be honest, uh, Christian brothers and sisters, sometimes the first two don't even have to get out of bed in the morning. We're really good at, at messing up ourselves. At least I know that I am. So God does not bring evil. He doesn't bring temptation. He doesn't bring trouble. It does say in there, in that verse, God is faithful. Not us, but God. He is the only one that is faithful. So we'll, we'll be tempted to sin, and we'll, we will go through rough times. But saying God gives us trouble, when in fact it's the effect of evil in this world, is essentially calling God evil. And that's blasphemy. That, that's kind of serious. God is faithful. And, and it gets me to thinking, no wonder why there's some people that walk around thinking that God is some maniacal maniac up there just heaping down and doling pain on his children. And this is kind of the idea, I think, of where they kind of get that from. He is not the bringer of pain. He's the opposite. He is the cure. And we know this is true because what it says next in verse 13, he provides the way of escape. This is what our God does for us. God is faithful. He comes to our rescue. He gives us a way out of that temptation and sin. Not only that, he's our refuge in times of, of horrific things going on in our lives. But he is our escape. And what's the escape? It says right there in verse 14, flee from idolatry. Nailed it that time. Free from idolatry. And what is idolatry again? That is relying on self in this manner. Return to him, church. Rely on him. Because when we try to do everything in our own powers, usually where we mess things up. God does not give it to you, and he doesn't expect you to handle it on your own. In fact, we cannot handle it on, by, all by ourselves. We need him. Brings us to our first point this morning. Temptation and troubles are not from God, but the way out is. 
Whether you want to call it temptation or you want to call it troubles, it is not from God, but the way out is. Now listen, God doesn't just expect us to just sit there on our hands and do nothing. We will have to work through some hard things in this life. That's just the way it is. But when we do, we rely on his strength, his guidance, and more importantly, things like his peace, his joy, his patience, his love, his self-control, which we'll hear a little bit more about in a minute. I often wonder um, how some people make it through such terrible times in their lives when they don't even know God. They do not have access to this. And it reminds us of our, of our main idea this morning. When life gives us more than we can handle, God can handle it. I hope you're getting the theme of why that's so important this morning as, as we combat the idea that God won't give you more than you can handle. So what about all the hard stuff that we have to go through? Because we do have to go through hard stuff in this life. Jesus said himself, you'll have trials and tribulations in this world. I mean, it, it's going to happen, even though they're, they're not from him. Here's what's great about God is these situations are not from him, but he definitely can use them for our good. He can take terrible things that happens in this sin-cursed world, and he could use them for our good. How? Well, there's many ways, but I want to focus on two ways this morning. And number one is that he uses these terrible times in our lives to draw us towards him. As sinful man, we do not seek God by ourselves. We just don't. It would be like a bank robber robbing a bank and running out in the street to look for a cop. We just don't naturally do that. And number two, for us to see our need for him. So he can use these terrible times to draw us towards him and to see our need for him to rely on him. In the human condition, we're born into this sin-cursed world, and we can't escape the curses of sin. We just can't. Not in our own, li own lives and not in the, the lives of this, you know, everybody else around. We have to deal with their, uh, uh, you know, junk too. You know, and sometimes their decisions and poor decisions affect us. So if you think about it, we are already in a situation when we're born into this world that is way more than we can handle. And sometimes it gets pretty bad, and we don't always seek God, as I said, until it gets to be too much. I can remember when uh, I was at one of the lowest points in my life. I was in my late 20s, and I've kind of talked about this in, you know, in uh, sermons before, but it just really relates to this. I mean, my life was a complete and utter mess. My marriage was basically dead, and I was basically losing my family, and, and I was in, uh, actively searching for a place to live at the time. And uh, Zoe and Zara were probably uh, in six and seven, some, somewhere around then, and uh, I desperately did not want to leave them. That seemed to be what was happening. So I can remember I'm laying aw awake one night uh, in a friend's spare bedroom, and I'm looking up at the smoke detector, and I, I just remember it was pitch dark except for that little light on the smoke detector, and it kept beeping every once in a while because I think the battery was dead, so I think at some point I ripped it out of the ceiling. But um, I just remember looking up and having this conversation with God, and 
it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there wondering, God, why would you allow me to go through this? Why would, why would you allow such hard, terrible things to happen in my life? And, and I, I, I can remember that I just had that self-pity attitude, like, why would God give me such problems? And does that sound familiar with what we're talking about? However, in the midst of speaking to God, I realized something. He was revealing something to me at that moment, mainly himself. I realized that although I really thought I believed in God, I really had no idea who he was, and I really didn't have any idea how to have a relationship with him. That was pretty uh, astonishing to me because I thought I'd, I was a believer at that point. So while I'm sitting there trying to sort of blaming my situation on him, it was, I'm realizing that it was me and my rebellion against him that caused most of that situation. I believe God used that exact moment because at that point, he had my full, undivided attention. And while it was one of the most painful times in my life, I will forever be grateful that I went through it. I really, truly am. In the midst of my pain and my suffering, I realized that I was not strong enough and all of my strength had led me there. And that caused me to turn to him and give my life to him forever. It reminded me of this verse that will be up on the screen, Romans 2, 4. It says, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and his tolerance and his patience not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. As I lay there feeling sorry for myself and I'm blaming God, he actually let me know he was there and that he loved me. But I needed to take a serious look at my relationship with him. And I just remember thinking, oh, what kindness and what tolerance and patience God has for us. Amen, church? In that moment, I began to wonder, who is this God? And what exactly does he want from me? Because in the midst of that, it was the kindness of God that drew me towards him and helped me to understand that I was a, a condemned sinner. I was in rebellion against him. I didn't even really care what he thought if I really got down to it. But that night, I felt the love of God, and for the next few months, he would start to reveal sin in my life, and I would eventually fall down to my knees in a service a few months later in repentance and give him my life. I praise God that I went through that, and even if he didn't restore my marriage and restore my family, which he did, because he is good, it would have been worth it, because that situation led me to becoming his child forever. God used a terrible situation, not from him, to draw me to him. And it also did something else. It also showed me my need to rely on him. Verse, uh, next verse up on the board, John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is, it is, it is, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. God doesn't want us to handle everything on our own. He does not. He knows that we're not strong enough to handle it. Why? 
because without him, we cannot produce the kind of fruit we need to to succeed in our Christian lives. Apart from us, apart from him, we can do nothing. We cannot produce the fruit when we're plucked off the vine and he is that vine. This fruit that only the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives. And what does it do? It aids Christians in, in not only making it through this sinful world, but glorifying God and advancing the gospel, which is our primary job. So what kind of fruits? Well, we just went through the book of Galatians, so you should remember from chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Think about all those things that were gifted as fruits of the Spirit. They could get us through anything. However, we cannot produce them apart from Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So anytime now that I'm going through something hard or I know that I really need to grow as a Christian, all I have to do is remember back to what God has already done for me. It's so easy as I look back and see what God had already done for me to put my faith and my trust in him. Because he is faithful alone and only he can get me through. And that brings us to our second and, and final point. In difficult times, rely on the kindness of God and the fruits of the spirit. That is what we need to rely on in difficult times, the kindness of God and, and the fruits of the Spirit. Church, this is why we know God won't give us more than we can handle is a junk idea. Do you really want to rely on your own strength and your own power, or do you want to rely on the kindness, the joy, and the peace, and the faithfulness, and the love of God? As we start to wrap this up this morning, I want us to really think about this. There are many sayings and ideas out there in the world that seem very biblical. Some, like I said, are not too bad, and, uh, but some really cause us to act and think in a way that are contrary to what God teaches us in his word. And here at Villa's Grace, we usually preach expositorily. We go verse by verse through a book. And, and break it down, and, and that's our sermon. But we, we think it's important to do a topical series every once in a while to deal with some things like this. God won't give you more than you can handle is not a biblical idea. It might, you know, amp up somebody to try to make it through something, you know, that they're trying to, that they're struggling with. But we'll, we can see from our points this morning that is just not the case. And going back to our first point, God does not give us hard times. Temptation and trouble are not from God, but the way out is. Think about it's most offensive to God to insinuate that God is the one giving you that thing that sin is causing in lives. Now, I know some might say, well, listen, God's over everything. He has complete control over uh, and power over everything. That is true. But if you remember, he had a perfect place called Eden for us to live in that was free from all this junk. And we as humans turned our backs on him in rebellion. He gave us the choice. Now, sin is still wreaking havoc in our lives today. It's still here and it's still doing its work. But church, God is still here. He's still our father and he still loves us. 
and he has made a way out. He has made a way out, mainly through the gospel. Don't let anyone tell you that our loving God is basically torturing his children by giving them hard, terrible things in their lives for them to deal with. It's just not true. Because no matter what bad decisions we make or a bad decision someone else makes or whatever sin is, is really affecting our lives this morning, he is there ready for us to repent of what we have done or just turn to him in refuge and enjoy that peace and that endurance that he'll give us in, in able to endure the pain. God is always the way out. He is not the cause of it. He doesn't give us pain. He doesn't give us suffering. That is Satan, the world, and ourselves. And believe me, that is well covered here on earth. He's our refuge. He's our Abba Father that we can cry out to. And he wants us to turn to him. Why? Well, as I call Joe up, this is the why. Why, do, why does he want us to rely on him? Why does he want us to depend on him? Is it because he's like, oh, I'm God and you just better do what I say? Not at all. Because his way is the best way. And our second point, in difficult times, we rely on the kindness of God and the fruits of the Spirit. He has already done the work for us. We have a good father that not only saved us, but gifts us for when we receive the Holy Spirit. We get these gifts at salvation when we receive the Holy Spirit. So why would we want to face this careless, sin-filled world in our own power, an adequate power, when we could have access to the power and the love of God Almighty? You know, often when I'm, I'm reading something like this, it reminds me of that group, Voice of the Martyrs. And, and, and it's just so worthy to say, I mean, these are... Um, persecution is rampant around the world today. It's actually more rampant than any time in human history. There's people that it, around the world, if they confess that Jesus is their savior, they can lose their jobs, they can lose their families, they can go to jail, and sometimes they can even be murdered. It is rampant. And I couldn't, I couldn't find the article, but I remember reading um, what this one gentleman said, and he was basically reporting to Voice of the Martyrs so that we as a church could pray for them. And this is what he said, and this guy is facing, he's in prison, he's lost everything, and he says this, do not pray for our suffering to end, but pray that we can continue to see the power of God and that his will is done. Can you imagine that? Don't pray that our suffering will end. Pray that we continue to receive the power of God and that his will is done where we're at. Church, you may never have to go through anything like that, and I pray that you don't. However, everybody has something here this morning that they're struggling with or something that they have struggled with or something that you will in the future be struggling with whether it's temptation to sin, whether it's hard times that fall upon you, you can get through it. How? Rely on the gifts your Father has given you. His peace, His patience, His joy, His love. That is what we need to rely on. 
I really hope that God doesn't think I'm strong enough to handle something he gives me because it's just not true. And of course, it reminds us of our main idea. When life gives us more than we can handle, God can handle it. Let's pray. Praise you, Father, that you are not the giver of bad things, but the giver of all good things. We are the ones who rebelled against you. We are the ones that sometimes act like we don't need you. But you, Lord, are a patient and loving God that wants a relationship with us. You draw us to you. You save us. And when we truly trust and rely on you, we can get through anything. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.